You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast for players by players. And all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass. One thing that's not being talked about, Brendan, is the fact that over 20 heroes just got banned. <laughs> yeah. Um, no fun allowed is how I read that one. So yeah, the young heroes are no longer legal in class constructed, which is a bummer to be honest. Cause, um, I don't know. It was cool that like prism is so powerful and it's so strong against, you know, a degenerate deck potentially like old him that it can actually be successful in class constructed, even played as a young hero. I thought that was cool. I really did. Um, but maybe they want to expand the young hero to like crazier design in the future or something. Yeah. Yeah. Future proof. I'll tell you what, I definitely... In the past two weeks, have played some games with the Young Chain and Class Constructed to see if it was it was viable. It's pretty strong. Seeds of Agony is, is a card, that's for sure. Uh, beating Fire, on the other hand, is a bit of a tougher. Twenty life, not quite enough life to beat Fire. I think. I, I think you know, give me an extra five life, might be able to do it. Um, anyway, welcome back to Arsenal Pass, episode seventy-eight. Uh, we are less than twenty-four hours removed as we record, and less than seventy-two hours removed uh, by the time this podcast drops on the Thursday slash Friday, depending on where you are in the world. From the ban and suspended announcement, the October announcement, which comes off the back of the national season, which preempts the World Championships happening now, Brendan, and well, by the time this podcast drops in exactly four weeks. So not long now to go. Uh, and, you know, a lot of anticipation for what this ban and suspended announcement would be. Speaking of suspended, we were left in suspense for maybe 12 to 24 hours longer than people expected. Uh, I have a sinking suspicion that was because the errata bulletin is Massive, we'll get onto that. Um, but today we are going to talk about the Spanish suspended announcement, Brendan, and the impacts it has, not just on the class constructed, the Blitz format for now, not just in the lead up to Worlds and what we expect from World Championships, but also the impact as Dynasty releases as well, because there are some long-term potential impacts here as well for both formats and uh, with some of the changes to you know, some of the writers, which we will talk about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Brendan. Anything to say, or do you want to tell me a bit about your week in flesh and blood now that you have spent a week back at home? Yeah, How's your sleep schedule? I to say, but <laughs> I will leave it uh, leave for later in the pod. My sleep schedule is good. I pretty much dodged jet lag completely. Um, there's one day where I was asleep a bit early, but outside of that, all good. Um, week in flesh and blood, I played uh, a bit of fab. I actually played an armory, which is it's a big step for me. It's been a while. Um, went down, played an armory. It was okay. <laughs> Basically, I played Icelander and... This area I was in Fort Worth, which I don't usually go to, was just mono Dramai. <laughs> it's like only Dramai's is like great. Um, and yeah, I've been streaming a bit uh, and playing Icelander on ladder. Probably, I mean, almost 100% playing Icelander in the Battle Hard in Dallas this weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, I was going to play the Blitz portion. I think it's a PTI event on Sunday, but I don't think so anymore, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe you can tell us why when we get into the, uh, the main topic of the pod. Uh, for me, I, I dived into some blitz testing actually prior to these band suspended announcements. Um, most of it not gone to waste though, which is good. I was working on decks that weren't <laughs> weren't wizard, um, and looking at some things in the format and just trying to get my head around because. And we'll talk about it, but we haven't really had much blitz. So we had the team calling back sort of first half of the year, and we had skirmish season five, um, which also happens at a really busy time, sandwiched in between pro tour. ProQuest season and Pro Tour number two. So it was kind of, you know, it was a bit of a, a tougher one to, I think, maybe take the results from like we maybe could have in previous skirmish seasons, just so much happening around that time period. So to dive into Blitz, get a little bit of a feel for it. I've 
been enjoying my game so far, uh, but obviously the format's about to have a big shakeup. Classic Constructed also got some games, and I also went to an armory, went to a uh, an event. I'm pretty sure it was an armory. It was an event. I think it was a Winterbox event. Uh, I went 0-2 drop. <laughs> nice. Can you guess what hero I was playing? Uh, no, just tell me. I can't guess. I was playing Reinar, so, you know... <laughs> Yeah, he's. I mean, Rhino. It's a. Uh, it's a legit deck. I think if Rhino is ever playable in a format, it's a. It's usually a sign of a pretty healthy format. But uh, I don't. I think he's gonna fade. He's gonna fade away as we head into worlds. It's just a little bit, a little bit on the underpowered side, and every game feels super, super close. But you know, I don't want to play close games. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, got in some class constructed, and then I even did a draft, Brendan, an uprising draft, just to shake the rust off before we get into. World Championships in four weeks, trying to do a draft every week if I can, just to keep it fresh, try out a few different things. Um, some some learnings from, uh, you know, we talked with Tarek about Limited two weeks ago, post-Canadian Nationals and, yeah. and my Nationals, and um, just a few things that I want to try out. Before we get to Worlds, make sure, you know, not missing a beat. Anyway, Brendan, news this week. Uh, well, of course, the headline news is the, the banned and suspended announcement. I always say restricted every single time, but of course it is banned and suspended announcement now. Um First of all, we're just going to list these off during the news section, and then once we get into the actual main topic of the pod, we are going to dive into kind of the implications and the you know the surrounding of this and our thoughts on some of the decisions and, and what's happening in this uh, this current band spend announcement. So I'm going to flick to the the article and just read off the the changes that we have. So class constructed pulse of Eisenloft is banned, not suspended until Ultima's gone. Just banned, effective from October seventh. So uh, date this pod drops. Um, the we'll get into the discussion, the philosophy of that. Uh, Blitz, Bloodsheath, Scalada is banned. Mask of the Pouncing Links is banned. So again, not suspended. Both those cards are gone. Storm Striders, on the other hand, though, is suspended until the ban and suspended announcement, or the next ban suspended announcement, which I don't know if we have a date for set. We do November 9th, uh, so we'll get a revisit then, which will be upon the release or the week before the release of um, of Dynasty. Dynasty. And then... Yeah, and then Sonata Arcanics moves from suspended to legal. So we do keep one half of that Bloodsheath Sonata sort of mini wombo combo, but it's the um, it's the Sonata back and Bloodsheath Scalada gone. <laughs> Not the good part of it. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Bloodsheath Scalada, we get into it, might be quite good. <laughs> My early Blitz testing was saying it was. Uh, <clears throat> Ultimate Pit Fight. Yorick Weaver of Tales is banned, but only in official events, Brendan. So when you shuffle up at the kitchen table, you can still play your Yorick with your friends. I think this makes sense. Obviously, shuffling a yeah. lot of sleeves in together. Uh, we won't talk about Ultimate Pit Fight during the, the main topic of the pod, so we'll have a little chat about it now. But, you know, I think there was... I had a few things of people going to UPF events, you know, locally at stores and stuff and feeling a little bit uncomfortable when someone flipped a Yorick. So, um, makes sense. Yeah, it, it looked like it was a ceremonial card at best. So, I think that yeah, this is the correct decision. I'm surprised it was uh, quote-unquote legal uh, ever to be honest, but I don't even know what legality means in UPF because I didn't know it was actually played in like a real capacity. I think that there's some side events at big tournaments, but that's about it. Uh, I know some local stores do, and you can sanction the events. You can obviously run them through gym. So <clears throat> that's the uh, that's the change there. And uh, card legality policy update, Brendan, which we did allude to at the top of the show. Uh, adult heroes are for class constructed. Blitz heroes are. Young heroes, so young heroes for Blitz only. So um, no more young heroes in Class Constructed. I believe this might have come off the back of a Prism player uh, at New Zealand Nationals going 3-0 in the first portion of Constructed. I think that's awesome. I I, I can't get a, I, I I don't know. I think that 
that is so cool that someone will can take a hero at literally half the life and still be successful. Um, I think that shows great, great innovation. It's a great meta call because it, it literally has to be a meta call. I mean, Prism of 20 Life would just fall over to any just halfway aggro deck. So kind of bummed, but I'm assuming it's so they can open up design space a bit more for the younger heroes. I think a chain did gain Living Legend points in like the last Nationals or Road to National season or something as well. So, um, which is quite funny. But yeah, I mean, I guess one that they call out here in this, because we'll, we'll talk about this, we won't really dive into it in the main topic of the podcast. I don't think it's that relevant for our discussion, but um cards like shiana right heroes like shiana potential for like some busted broken combos and class constructed just sort of uh taking over very abruptly and very quickly and of course if blitz is, they've talked about blitz being quite liberal with the ban list and and that i guess being less tested so um you know i i can understand but of course uh, you know i wouldn't mind to play young chain in an event uh or maybe young prison so yeah yeah um that does it for, I guess, the, the bans and suspended sort of announcements. Um, we have a Dynasty spoiler, Brendan. Do just want to remind everyone of that. That's going to be Tuesday, November 1st. Uh, again, reminder, the season does run from October 31st to November 2nd. Really condensed season uh, of previews as we head into Worlds, uh, where, you know, Worlds happens and then Dynasty releases, I think, the week the week after or the week after that. So um, I can't remember the dates in my head of what Worlds actually is. So, yeah, I mean... We'll, we'll, we don't know what our spoiler is yet. Our preview card is Brendan, but I'm, I'm sure it's a spicy one. We talked about we 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 theory crafted on what it could be last week. We we sort of spitballed, uh, so it's pretty much confirmed it's going to be a brute wizard rune blade card. Um, you know, we'll- <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see brute wizard rune blade. We've already seen the dual class. Why not try? Exactly, exactly. Uh, last piece of news, Brendan, just want to give, a, of course, a, a big thank you and shout out to the Arsenal Pass patrons. Uh, we do have some more content that's gone up in the past two weeks, including uh, we did two Patreon pods for the month of September, which are both up now, including Brendan and I tackling the big topic on Twitter. Best player in the world, Brendan, of course, you know. Uh, not quite what we actually end up talking about. We more talk about worlds and and some players to watch for and kind of a bit more, I guess, theory around this discussion and um, and what this means. And uh, we do have some deck techs and deck guides up there as well, which are all up on the Arsenal Pass Patreon. Brendan, uh, no Commander Cookout this week. But if you do want to get your questions in, please do drop them in the YouTube comments below, tweet at us, DM us, email to arsenalpassfab at gmail.com. We're pretty light on Commander Cookout questions, so if you get your question in uh, the next two weeks, good chance it gets read out before the end of the year. Um, But also we have a, a pretty juicy topic to talk about this week. So... I don't know, Brendan, anything else to say before we, we dive straight into the main topic of the pod? I think we just got to go rip this bandit off to talk about these bands. Uh-oh. That's always <laughs> ominous from Brendan. Yep, okay, main topic of the pod, the impact of the October ban and suspended announcement on the Flesh and Blood constructed meta and the lead up to Worlds and Dynasty. That is my title of the main topic, not the title of the pod because that is a mouthful, but... You know, as we survey the landscape of the impact of the latest ban and suspended announcement and what it might do for class-constructed blitz between now and Worlds... But also, Brendan, one thing I want to definitely touch on is like the long-term impact with Dynasty because some of these changes are full bans. You know, they're not suspensions, they're full bans. And uh, even a suspension, as we've seen in the past, can turn into a, a ban. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to break it down by the two formats and, you know, start with a format that has the biggest changes and impacts uh, in the form of Blitz. And I think you've got some words to say on this. So first of all, let's take a step back. Before I even ask, you know, before I even ask you about these announcements and the changes, where do you think the format was prior to these announcements? Like, has Blitz been in a healthy spot? Like I said at the top of the show, we haven't necessarily had 
events, but you have played some Blitz. I've played some Blitz. We both played the team calling. What was your opinion on kind of Blitz before these announcements? Uh, yeah, I'd have to start with define healthy because <laughs> Blitz, is it a healthy format? God, I have no idea. Because what's what's healthy to you, right, is Reinar killing you on turn zero by intimidating your entire hand and playing an alpha rampage you know, with a couple of buffs. Yes. Is that healthy? Yes. So then it's very healthy, right? Was there decks that could combat Reinar doing that? I mean, yeah, if he didn't just randomly pull the cards, but you know, there was a lot of degenerate things going on. There was old him, just so, so such a powerful deck in Blitz. There was, of course, I think Wizard was just not like Kana was not played very much and also wasn't really converting, but was seen as this like theoretical, very powerful deck. Um, and I think it was. Uh, we had decks like Kasai kind of being the mid-range deck of the format. And then we had your run-of-the-mill aggro decks as well. Like we had we had Chain, we had Briar, um, and I mean, those are really <laughs> those are really the big ones, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, I felt like that that's sort of those kind of define the format. There's a bit of prism in there as well to really combat the uh, the amount of old hymns. Mm-hmm. I thought playing when I played in the team tournament, I thought that it was healthy ish for like it was. I felt like it was as healthy as it could be for Blitz, considering the current power level of the game. Blitz back in skirmish season one, like OG uh-huh. Ira, like I thought that felt healthy. You didn't really have too many deck choices, kind of, because Ira was really, really good. Dorinthia was really, really good. Um, and there was like, yeah, Kano was very Kano good. Was, <laughs> yeah, but he was not played and he never, nobody ever saw consistent and real success with him compared yeah, to Ira. Time. So, like, I, yeah, Ira dominated. Um, that being said, I felt like that format was very balanced, right? Like, it felt very fair. And the best player tend to win. I mean, I guess that if we're defining balance and a balanced format, I think that one that puts the you know the best player winning more often is probably closer to my definition of balance than you know anything else. If we're talking about something like blitz, so I felt like it was balanced back then, and then back at the team, you know, in the team format, um, I thought it was a good format, although it was crazy, right? You had turn zero kills. But it was not what we saw previous to that, which was combo viscerai and blitz, which was just like, I mean, that was solid there. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a one deck format. I think health and balance are two different things in my eyes. So a balanced format doesn't necessarily equal a healthy format, and, and vice versa. I agree with you. Like the the Ira Dorinthia Kano format was pretty balanced, but it was also pretty boring. I would say like there wasn't that many deck choices. Uh, a lot of the matchups, once you played them a few times, they went the same way. The Ira Dorinthia matchup, once you learned that matchup, went the same way. I felt, uh, you know, some people started to adjust and adapt. The Kano versus Dorinthia matchup was one of the most boring matchups you could play. It just ended on turn two either way, and it just came down to like one or two plays, um, which, you know, that can still happen now. What I will say about the, the format that we've come out of, let's ignore the Viscerai format with Scalada and Sonata because that sucked, and I can't believe there's a calling for that format. Um <laughs> the the format for the, the team calling, there's so many viable decks in that meta, you know, like even people showing up with like KO and like just rolling people with like these, you know, you could play something that's fun, high rolly as heck and, you know, variants on your side do well. There was, you know, Ira was still like viable for some people. I think when you look across the the team calling, yes, Ultim was like in every single deck. every single deck in the top four of the three events. I think maybe one didn't have Ultim. I, I'm pretty sure all of them did though. Um, and yeah, yes, but outside of that, so many other heroes are represented, like Prism was represented, Rhino was represented, Ira was represented, like Kano, like there were so many heroes represented within in those top fours of the three callings across the world. Um, the format felt quite cool. And I thought, you know, aside, Teams, Teams was a great way to do it as well. 
Anyway, mm-hmm. post that, we didn't really have much. We had skirmish season five. Fire comes out. Fire does really well in that skirmish season. Icelander does uh, quite well. It was already starting to show its head in skirmish season four. Skirmish season five, Icelander does really well post the release of Uprising. Uh, Fire does really well. Uh, Kano, like you say, didn't convert that well. But when you look at the skirmish results, like Kano did do pretty well. Um, I don't take skirmish results seriously, though, to be honest. I mean, in major tournaments, Kano has always done terribly in Blitz. Um, that's a, that's why I like... What major tournaments know, have we had, skir- though? <laughs> We've had we've had two two full on blitz callings, then we had the team tournament as well. Like the the Kanos and the team tournament actually did not do well because uh, like even if you look at the ones that placed high, like Yuanji on Michael Fang's team and uh, Yongji was there as well. Like Yuanji, who was playing Kano, got carried by his team. He said this. So he got carried. He lost like quite a bit of his matches. Alexander Vor as well was in the finals. But then if you look at your region, like that team didn't even have a Kano. That we had Kano on our team. The Bolton boys. But the Bolton boys. Yeah, but they were playing. How, how did how did your Kano do, by the way? How was your Kano's record? Not very good, right? Uh, not very good. Look, exactly. leave Dan alone, you know? <laughs> it's not about player skill. It's just the deck was not actually dominant, right? Um, the deck is not dominant into a format where Briar has Spell Void and Oldham uh, had Steadfast. Oh, Oldham was a buy for Kano. Buy, buy. That matchup was a buy. Not matchup was a buy. Matchup was a buy for Kano. not a buy. I guarantee your Kano loss is some old. It's it's the deck stack to beat that old that old him steadfast was legitimately challenging. Tom double blue, Tom double blue, double wildfire. It's like it's a enigma to the mind. I don't know. Dan, Dan did it. Dan did it. I think three times at that event and won against every single old him, apart from the top four old him who just like double pummeled him and he didn't get a chance to stack. Anyway, anyway, that's <laughs> that's where the format was. Uh, Skirmish season five. I agree. Like what, that's what I'm saying. What can you take from the results? But there was a battle hardened in Toronto, which was won by Icelander. But the top eight was really diverse. So it was like Icelander, Dash, Alton, um, Ira. I think there's a Rhino, and I think there's five or six different heroes. Uh, there's a Briar. Actually, I actually think there's six or seven different heroes in that battle hardened top eight in Toronto. I don't have the deck list up, but I was looking at it yesterday, um, which is really interesting. So. That's kind of the last bigger event we have before this banner suspended announcement. The announcement comes, and there's some, like, I guess, interesting wording in this banner suspended announcement as well. Um, I think we could dive into some of that, but basically, let me just read the top level philosophy of what LSS have said about this ban list, and then we'll get into the cards themselves. But um, LSS were pretty, uh, I guess, adamant in fab 2.0 that the philosophy for the ban suspended announcement in uh, blitz would be really liberal they would be doing it pretty aggressively uh cards would flux in and out um and you know due to the explosive nature of the format they felt this could happen at every single ban suspended announcement um so that's kind of i guess a bit of background before this ban suspended announcements let's let's go down the list uh and because i want to end with one in particular Let's go, Bloodshed Scalata. Like, what are your kind of thoughts on this? My my general kind of idea is that my early testing of Blitz, this card is ridiculously powerful. Mm-hmm. And Alice's is basically reasoning for this is the same thing that I found is that you can just generate like four resources for free, and that is you know you turn this into like hard and cross draft plus plus. Oh, easy. Yeah, it's enough to win a game of Blitz. Um, it's great. Yeah. Uh, so Bloodshed Scalata, totally understandable in a like a twenty sub health format. That being said, like Bloodshed Squad is like one of my favorite cards, but I appreciate I appreciate how much it limits design. I, I do. So am I surprised? No. Am I disappointed? Not really. I mean, I, this is kind of expected in something like in like Blitz, where getting four resources is just ridiculous. Yeah, my kind of take on the Blitz format right now is like you need a piece of equipment that's worth like four to five damage to 
to win games, to, to, to consistently win games and be one of the best decks in the format. And Bloodshed Scalata did that for Briar in this format. And even you could play it in Chain and do the same thing. I think it looked a little bit, my opinion was it looked a bit better in Briar, but I think Chain could do the same thing. Um, the, uh, yeah, I guess the, just the ceiling's really high and that's why they decide to ban it now. And we don't know what's in Dynasty, right? We don't know what's around the corner for ways to, you know, the best way to use this currently was fixing Cool Hand, but you could also do yeah, some yeah. pretty nutty stuff with um, uh, Revel and Runeblood. And we don't know what's in Dynasty, you know, so it, it could, it, it could have been more. <laughs> Vexing Coolhand, Bloodshed Scalata on board is just way too much like uh, initial advantage for any deck that's utilizing that, right? Like, not only is the uh, Vexing Coolhand giving you like quote unquote AB, but it also generates two rune chance, so effectively two damage. Those that two damage reduces the cost of your attack by two. Like, it's such a free roll and so much more powerful than some of the other equipments available. I'm not surprised that it is. Uh, it's getting it. Band. Yeah, when you go, okay, opponent's turn, just trade in for the for the block, get two two life off my Bloodshed Scalata, my turn, pop the Vixen Cool Hand for two rune chance, reduced by two, just gained, you know, four life and potentially a card's worth of value off these two equipment, uh, if not if not more. So, yeah, pretty nuts. Um, makes sense. I think we're both in agreement that they're kind of not surprised by that card sort of getting the flick. Mask of the Pouncing Lynx was the next one announced. Um, I mean... This one was probably top of my list of cards that would get banned in the blitz uh, blitz changes. Yeah. Like fire, fire was so so strong, and pouncing links just represented like five damage on the table every single yeah. game. Can't can't be doing that in blitz. It, it's too good. Like being able to just go snag your lava burst or go snag your assault in the wound. Um, it's too much damage for a twenty to sub health format. It leads to you know effectively close to OTKs. Yeah, be, this is um, and uh, give a, a shout out to uh, Nick Butcher who came up with this deck. But like before the team calling, uh, Nick had built up this like Katsu deck in our testing that played Mask of the Pouncing Links. This is before Fire was even around, right? And did a Mask of the Pouncing Links like hundred wins, like Winds of Eternity, like line that just spat out like ridiculous amounts of damage. Uh, unfortunately, unlike Fire, you didn't have access to cards like Shuko at the time, and you had to stubby hammer as you didn't have you know like it was a bit softer. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this card, since it's been printed, has been very, very good. And in Blitz, where it's just like you say, when it's in CC and it's on the table, and it's a flip of like four or five damage. That's only, you know, 10 to 15% of life when it's 25% of your life. <laughs> to be, yeah, to be fair in CC, it's still really, really good. It is. It's just like Blitz. Blitz, the life holes are just too little. Um, it's too much value off of a single piece of equipment. Like you said, there's that, there's that threshold of uh, how much you can get out of a piece of equipment in Blitz. And if it's like four plus, like that's a lot. <laughs> Yep, it's too belittle. All right, Brendan, I'm going to give you this one. Uh, this is the... Brendan, you got a lot to say about this one. So I'll, I'll lead in with some of the... Because this one has the biggest paragraph. So I'm just going to recap some points from Alexis on this one. But Storm Striders is suspended until the next Bannon uh, suspended announcement on November 9th. And um, do just want to give a couple of things about this. And then I'll let you riff off those as well. So... Uh, so while there's been little public play outside of armor events for blitz format since our last bns announcement existing internal data and data from skirmish season 5 has begun to point towards an increasing gulf in performance between the wizard class and the rest of the blitz heroes Stormstrider's activated ability goes even further than the virtual card advantage of other equipment discussed so basically what we've just talked about and it often provides wizard the equivalent of an entire extra turn uh you if you've if you don't know why uh just go and watch a game of wizard being played but you know, it's 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 pretty upfront. Um, 
Despite the fact Storm Striders is an iconic part of Wizard Toolkit and one that we don't necessarily want to say goodbye to forever, uh, so etc, 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 Storm Striders might come back. Go for it, Brennan. Yeah, if you're going to tell me Storm Striders died for the sins of Icelander because Icelander is going to be too powerful on Blitz, okay, you have somewhat of an argument. But Kano is a deck that is fundamentally underpowered and plays way below curve. And it does this, and the reason it can be successful at all is because at some point in the game, it could take two turns in a row. That's it. And even by doing that, it's like on par with other decks. Kano is also a deck that, you know, despite being under underpowered and all of its attacks being underpowered, uh, it makes up for this in multiplicative damage effects that are kind of take it to account when the opponent does not respect the Kano player, whether it is through uh, not blocking with Arcane Barrier or not having Arcane Barrier at all or not adding Spell Void, which people don't do, by the way. So the best way to beat Kano, by the way, is not to play Old Him and play Steadfast. It's to play Briar and then have all Spell Void equipment. It's virtually unwinnable for the Kano player. But you know what? People don't have this in their deck. They don't play them. You all know why? Because Kano is not that hard of a matchup and it's not that successful as a deck. Is it a pet, is it a pet deck of a lot of people and has have people been successful with it? Yes, but I could count those people on my fingers. I swear. And at the same time, it still has a terrible conversion rate. It's never been dominant. It's This ban does not... Uh, does not represent reality in the Blitz format whatsoever. I don't care what their internal data is. It is just not what happens in real flesh and blood. And I think that uh, like, it's got to be an Icelander thing. Or they just see this and they, they see it's powerful and they're like, hmm, okay, we'll just ban it. But I just don't think that there's a lot of thought if it's targeted at Kano. And I think that that internal data does not represent the external data by the entire rest of the player base. So I'm surprised and disappointed because it's... the. Kano is effectively living legend with this. Your Kano is trash. It, it, it cannot be played. Like I said, it's way below curve. It's way underpowered in terms of its actual numbers. And it makes up for that by being, being able to play life. two turns in a row. Yeah, and 15 life. But it has to play the two turns in a row. That's what Kano is. So they take this away. Uh, Kano, Kano is not playable in Blitz, I promise. Like You may be able to high roll some people by just ripping off the top, but you effectively have no arsenal. How is that? <laughs> like a more eloquent ban for Kano would have been Ragamuffin's hat. It's a very powerful card. Very, very powerful. Nets you multiple resources and it's just like, I think, objectively better than Talismatic Lens. Um, I would have been disappointed if they banned that, but it would have been a bit more eloquent. Storm Striders is just way too much. It's way over the top and it just neuters Kano. But the only argument I can see is that Icelander was too powerful, which is what I've heard. People have told me that Icelander was too powerful on Blitz. I didn't get a lot of experience with it, so I really can't speak to a lot there. That being said, if Icelander was the problem, I don't think you go for Storm Striders. It's way too detrimental to Kano, so I think if they're going to make a choice like that, they had to be thinking about Kano as well, and I think that thing that thinking was flawed. Yeah. I'd, so I'm just going to throw, you know, we're going to take the traditional Brendan and Hayden roles here. Uh, you've already lent straight into it, Brendan, so... Thank you for the start. Um, and I, I'll, I'll give my summary at the end anyway, because I, I think, you know, there's a few things I want to throw your way. You know, points of maybe contention or reasons for this. So first one, I guess, would be, um, you know, the enjoyability of playing against a card mm -hmm. like Storm Striders. And because we, yeah. we know from the past actions taken in the, in the band suspension, uh, suspension announcements that enjoyability and playability of the game has been cited as a reason for some of these you know, you know, enjoyability effectively for the band suspension. So do you think this is uh, relevant or do you think this came into the yeah. thinking in Storm Stratus? 
Uh, yeah, I actually do think it came to the thinking, but then again, I think it was super myopic to look at Storm Shadows because you look at the rest of the freaking format. You have Reinar killing you on turn zero by taking your entire hand away and intimidating you. You have Old Tim just ultra fatiguing you sometimes. Like there is plenty of unfun things happening in Blitz and plenty of way less interactive things at that. It's just do do I think that you know, Blitz should just be fundamentally uninteractive and kind of a a format full of tomfoolery no but you don't have to have but at the same time i don't think that there should be a bias that points at something like wizard and just neuters that class while leaving in so many other very very unfun things like blood on her hands combo what's fun about that it's not really fun you just kind of sit there and you die if they get enough copper and they draw the cards right like you can interact with that right yeah, you can't interact with it, but there is a certain damage threshold where you are just dead either way. Um, but if we want to talk about literal non-interactivity, there's there's literally Reinar is a perfect example of that. It's a powerful deck. It did very well um, prior to the team tournament. No, it didn't. Team tournament a bit. Well, it won. It almost won. It was winning. I guess I was looking at the battle hearts before that because Reinar was doing really well. Your Reinar list was particularly piloted by a lot of players down here when we had a couple of battle hardens, and it seemed like it was. Uh, I think you could say results. it was probably putting up similar results to to what Kano was. It was it was hitting some top eights. It was winning some skirmishes. Well, this is this is the this is the Viserai format. So there was like no other options other than Viserai, and Reinar was one of the only ones that was being played outside of Viserai. And then it was Kasai, which literally had no game into Viserai. I don't even know why it's being played. And there was Ultim, and Ultim still kind of lost. That uh, I still feel that way about Kasai. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a bad deck for sure. <laughs> uh, so it looks a lot better with these bands uh, that we get to buff, which we'll talk about. What What about, okay, so we talked about that, like enjoyability factor. Um, I think that's definitely a part of it. And, you know, I've I've heard people talk about, you know, you know I just I can't get to play a game. You know, my opponent has a turn and they have another turn and it's like being time walked. It's just not enjoyable. Right, right. I, I, I kind of, I can see that perspective. What about, so what about, I guess, the perspective you talked about degeneracy and i guess these these decks that just kind of do busted things and aren't interactive and you you cited right now you sort of you cited uh, i guess uh, fatigue ultim right which was you know that deck was like doing a number on the format so seeds gets banned right so you could say they have taken action towards these decks and if it's a fact of like well icelander is so oppressive with what it does from a disruptive standpoint and then just has this in-game combo you know like i, I get what you're saying about well look at other cards but what other cards would you look at in Icelander then? That's a tough one. Um, like I said, I didn't have a lot of experience with the Icelander deck in Blitz, so it's super hard for me to say. This is information I'm receiving sort of post-mortem from Stormstrikes. People are like, oh yeah, Icelander was actually what was broken. I'm like, okay, well, I don't have a lot of experience with this, so I'm just going to take your word on it. But I just think that like you could ban like literally anything else because you just absolutely neutered Kano by doing this. So there's no... If they actually ban Stormstriders... Because of I only because of Icelander and no consideration for you know K- how good Kano was or how it would affect Kano, then it's a terrible decision on their part because they ruined the class. So I think that they did consider it and it is also targeted at Kano. I don't think that Stormstriders is actually a degenerate card. I think that Kano trades he he trades for having this Stormstriders kind of double turn by you know his average like his damage he's presenting with like the most one of the most powerful spells like the Voltic Bolt is like five. It's so bad, right? And you can block it and you can have permanent equipment that just like auto blocks it, spell void. You don't have to pitch for it. Um, and of course, there's cards that have entered the format like Oasis Respite. I mean, he's in a, he was in a tough, he was in a tougher spot than he's been. Um, so yeah, I, I just don't think that Storm Shatters are fundamentally degenerate. I think that they like 
they do play the game on a different axis, right? There's there's nothing else in the game that can sort of uh, be similar to Storm Stress. Nothing else gives you two turns in a row. So yeah, um, I do understand that part. I, I think, um, so two more questions, but one thing I do want to point out is one thing that's not really discussed when it comes to the kind of power of wizards um, is the opportunity cost of equipment. So we just talked about two pieces of equipment before Storm Striders that has been banned in Pouncing Links and Scalata and just the power of those pieces of equipment. There's also other things in the format, like Goliath Gauntlet represents, you know, 10% of health. Like there's there's other cards that are really strong and enable, uh, you know, you to do things best of the first, first still, still around, all these things. To play Nalrune or Spell Void, as you say, like that is an opportunity cost for what your deck wants to do and the power that equipment represents in a format like Blitz that's fast paced. So I do think that is like relevant, but um, you know, it's just something that I think doesn't always get brought up when you talk about the power of Wizards. And I think it's more relevant for potentially uh, Kano than it is Icelander. But um, what about the, I guess, and I don't know if there's an argument that's been made, but I'm going to make it right now, or at least throw it your way that the world championship is the pinnacle of, of uh, organized play and the top players in the world meeting together to play. And the power that is represented in a card like Storm Striders can be unlocked by players mm. who, who are very good and consistently, you know, because I guess one of my views of playing a deck like Kano in, in Blitz is like, you could win basically any game, but you could also lose basically any game. And, you know, Storm Striders enables this. Yeah, that's called a good game design. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, uh, like that's where you want to be as a flash and other players. Like you can lose. Like you put yourself in a position where you can lose games, but you can also always win games through tighter play or just sheer luck. Sometimes, like sometimes you have to go for those lines. I do think there's one thing to consider about wizard, and that's not play, not like uh, not playability, not good players playing worlds. It's viewability. I think the viewability of wizard is quite low. Right here we go. From a now we're touching on it. Not, not only do viewers not understand most of the card text on wizard cards, because people, because wizard is so atypical from the rest of the hero design and flesh and blood, people don't even, you know, it's like kind of the last thing you go over. It's like uh, sort of the last, the last pinnacle of becoming a flesh and blood player is like, oh, I need to actually learn what the words say on the wizard cards. Um, so the viewability is quite low because of that, because nobody recognizes it. It's sort of a niche hero, so not a lot of people play it. And I mean, you're you're watching a game of wizard. Whose turn is it? What's going on? How much damage did he take? How much is the wildfire pumping? Like all this stuff. It it's it's terrible for viewability. Is that why they banned it? Uh, I'd like to think <laughs> I hope I hope not, to be honest, but maybe. You know, it does I will I will a hundred percent be on the side that wizard is terrible viewability. I cast me and you together actually cast a, a blitz calling long, long time ago and we had to commentate some wizard games. I the thought mirrors. they were some of the fun it Yeah, I thought that well. I thought I remember like Jason, um, Jason Long playing. Like I thought that those were some of the the most fun games that we commented. But at the same time, like yeah, I mean, I could. It's generally nobody really knows what turn it's on, whose turn it is, and then kind of just like sometimes the wizard dies, and sometimes the other player just dies out of nowhere, and nobody knows what happened. Yeah, I do want to. I think from my side, like the the viewability is, and I guess the coverage aspect of world championship being before dynasty realistically if there was no change in the band spin announcement nothing changes before I mean, some things change we'll talk about class constructor because that format feels like it's evolving mm -hmm. but you know blitz uh five felt great i sent felt great etc cetera, etc cetera. so i think part of this is a shake up to the format and they've said they want to flux cards in and out so i'm glad that storm Strider is suspended and not banned i think for me um yeah. but i will say i will say Bryn, i'm 
Uh, I'm okay with the span, uh, the suspension. I think it represents an interesting pivot to the format. I think I was pretty close to snap playing Kano and in, in, in Blitz if this didn't happen. I think it's super, super powerful. And, and my viewpoint is I think that Storm Strides are a bit too powerful in, in Blitz. So I know you're going to defriend me and block me on Twitter for this, Brendan. You've been, you've been vowing to me that you'll do it. But uh, I am okay with the suspension but i think if it had been banned i would have been i would have been upset because I, I think it's a cool card it's a it really it is the cornerstone of what wizard is and to lose that card permanently would be would be sad yeah i think of a lot of people that talk about the the power of kano talk about it from more of a theory perspective like you said you're like i would have locked it in i actually kind of don't believe you because for one you haven't tested it and you definitely haven't tested it enough you it's have so much kano blitz <laughs> You haven't done enough blitz testing to lock in your deck, and we the format has definitely not been explored by your testing team. So you could think that you're going to lock it in, but absolutely there could be things that are more powerful, more consistent, and are just not going to run you into you know mono aces or spite, which is probably what a lot of the field is going to look like, or mono spell void because people are expecting Kano and the aggro decks running spell void will just run over him. So I think that yeah, it's I do I thought here I'll level with you. I think that Kano is a powerful deck. Uh, but I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was the potentially the most powerful deck. At the same time, I think that by playing Kano, you were putting so much risk up round to round as well um, that it might not have been the deck that you want to bring to a perceived risk. Though every every deck has risk. Like this is the argument I hate about Kano. People are like, oh, you've got to be brave to play Kano. You start at five less life. It's like you've got to be brave to play any deck that just doesn't have like a sixty or fifty percent win rate. Like any deck that like has to take like angles of attack that are different to just playing your cards out and, and you, like the 15 life is irrelevant I think it's more of it's more of that uh you have you have really large swings in some matchups and i think that some of the more powerful rune blades running uh like the spell void equipment that they can get quite easily are very very hard cool. matches for you it's hard to deal with things like dash which are ridiculous with tech pounder and you basically have no game into reinar if they get a relatively decent hand what? early it's a buy it was like Kana, like yeah, one of Kana's best I, matchups <laughs> Contingent being there, if they get the hand, so like they on the play intimidate, you die. You like you four card hand, no arsenal. There's pretty much no interaction you can do. You're a 15 life. It doesn't take them a lot to just kill you. No, like OTK. But your main problem is Kano is going to be rune blades. And then, like you said, you think like you say, Ultim's a buy, but you're going to have to do very intricate deck stacks versus Ultim. If the Ultim decks get more aggressive and they do somewhat get more disruptive, then maybe it's a bit harder. But yeah, I, I think it was going to be a good deck. I don't think, I do not think it would be, it would be the most played deck um, at Worlds. I don't even think it would be the fourth most played deck, to be honest. I think it would be fire below, just because people are preferential against Kano. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it can really struggle against some of those aggressive decks. All right. Not even, go ahead. I was going to say, last question then, Brennan, is are you biased? Am I biased? Yeah, I think that, like, um, like I said, like... Uh, when I said that I wouldn't play the Battle Hardened Blitz event here in Dallas, it's not because I think that Blitz is now going to be like an abysmal format. Although I have been joking on Twitter with like Zach Blunt and be like, I agree with you now. Blitz is a terrible format. It's just like, that was the only thing I actually enjoyed doing in Blitz. I thought it was very cerebral. I felt like I had a lot of agency as a player and I felt like it was a very rewarding path. Um, you know, starting Kano a long, long time ago. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not a big role player <laughs> in Flesh and Blood, but I definitely identified as sort of a wizard player in something like Blitz, which is a more casual format. So personally, I'm I'm devastated for this suspension. I hope that it reverts. I do think this is very core to the identity of Kano. Um, and yeah, I think that they absolutely neutered the hero on Blitz by doing this. 
I do recall Auckland Blitz calling 2021 and you doing coverage, Brendan, and someone just slipping into the chat room, into the Discord room while we're doing commentary and just just whispering, Brendan Patrick, you're a And then it's just been... Uh, you, do you remember that I also didn't know what any of the whispering No, I, 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 I remember carrying you on my shoulders. He's like, he's like, what do you think Jason has to do to get out of this place? I was like, well, Hayden, if I was a calling champion, I would know, but why don't you take it away? I'm just like, I don't even know what the cards say. Uh, okay. <laughs> Blood's done and dusted. Obviously, it's so, so much to see as we head to Worlds. It's going to be super interesting. I'm actually... I am more excited to test Blitz now than I was. And I know you just said, you know, I hadn't tested Blitz. How can I make this claim that I would have played? I was probably planning to spend less time uh, on Blitz than I will now because I just had this... um, What's the word I'm looking for? Misconception? No, 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 no. I was so strong in my belief of how good I thought Kano was in Blitz uh, that it was like, you know, there was only a couple of decks I was considering. But I will now be testing a lot more. Um, Let's talk about Class Constructed. Uh, because it's been, I mean, it's been the format in the spotlight, right? We've just finished national season, uh, has actually wrapped up because this last weekend we had German nationals and uh, Singaporean nationals. Singapore nationals, by the way, the third largest national championships, 190 players, Brendan, uh, in Singapore. Uh, I want to make sure I got that correct. They haven't, 111. I don't know why I said 100. I think I meant 119, but it was 111. Uh, so third, third largest behind uh in the us and and canada um do you just want to shout out quickly gordon co on alton wings singapore and in germany uh christopher bizarre on icelander uh taking it out against viscerai in the final so our final two our final two viscerai. what's that this is viscerai in the finals how did he get up there well i don't know if you're aware but the week before three viscerai's won nationals brendan Oh my we are going to talk about we are going to talk about at the end of this uh, this show the the current snapshot of the class constructor format because I think it's very interesting. It's evolving. It's a good word for it. Yeah, evolving. And depending on which bubble, and I will say this bubble you live in around the world, you're going to think the meta is a lot different to what it actually looks like globally. So uh, we're definitely going to talk about that. And Battle Hard in Minneapolis happened this past weekend as well. Shout out to Michael Feng on Ultim winning that. Uh, man, just making sure everyone knows that he's not gone anywhere. He's still right here and ready to play some flesh and blood. He's going to be sleeping in my office this weekend. Exciting. Well, you know, say hello from me. Um, Class Constructed. The ban is Pulse of Eisenloft, and I do just want to cover a little bit about what's said by LSS in this ban announcement. Uh, it's, it's, it's friggin' massive, so I won't dive too deep into it. Go have a look on fabtcg.com if you want the full sort of philosophy as they talk about. Um, but basically they say... With Alton winning the, the the most number of national championships, this ban on Pulse of Eisenloft uh, is a way to dock Alton's, you know, it has slightly too many favorable matchups and importantly, its win rate improved as the season progressed and deckless and player knowledge optimized. Uh, I, I don't actually think that's true when you look at the third week of results, but um, that's interesting. It's been, they say, you know, it's been a tournament stable for years and uh, it's about trying to fundamentally reshape the format and nudging a slight curb to the percentage points of Oldham, a couple of percentage points, they say, of Oldham's win rate um, to the consistent advantage that Oldham has, which Pulse of Eisenloft, every time you see that card, it's minimum worth two life, right? Like the, the card is always very strong, whether you draw it on offense or defense, it can represent an oak and old fuse, it can represent two life plus an ice react. It can obviously just be a defensive reaction at some point. And if you get into multiple cycles of the game uh, as, you know, more, I guess, uh, defensive ultims can, 
that's a lot of advantage you start to accrue. So the ban, I guess what they're saying is that you just take that away a little bit. It's one card that does that. doesn't impact the class necessarily overall and the game plans that are still being enacted can still potentially be enacted. Yeah, it turns, uh, turns Okanon to Raging Onslaught effectively. I mean, you can still fuse it. You just have to draw. Mm, you you know. can. You can. Yeah, you can. And so, is a good deck. Good. And Storm Stratus is, you know. Anyway, uh, I do just want to point out some of the philosophy that LSS do bring up in this article as well on the Banner Suspended announcement, which is that this philosophy towards uh, using Banner Suspended lists is, is threefold. So I do just want to cover that because it talks about some of the things we've just discussed as well. Uh, that sometimes they need to use it to address, address current card interactions. You know, let's talk about Quillhand and Scalata, for instance. Um, create negative that can create negative play, play experience or degenerate ones. Uh, sometimes it's because they messed up. Good to see that they uh, do say that. Do you remember Dustblade? Uh, and sometimes it's to actively manage the format. And this, uh, they say, Pulse of Eisenloft is the third one. It's to actively manage the format and reduce this win rate, as they say. So, um, I guess, like, what did you think was going to happen from the span spin announcement for the class constructed? Like, my viewpoint that was that likely something was going to happen because I felt they wanted to inject something or change something before Worlds for coverage purposes for the environment considering Dynasty won't be released. But my opinion was that we didn't really need to see anything banned. I don't think we needed to either. Um, And yeah, it did feel a bit, a bit, I don't know if it felt forced, but yeah, we could have gone without it, I think. I think the format would have been fine. yeah, Classic Constructor is pretty interesting. I don't think that Legend Story Studios is willing to ban a, uh, a Legendary in Classic Constructed unless there's pretty egregious things happening. Um, and I do think a better ban would have been Crown of Seeds, to be honest. And I think that card is a problem card that will probably get banned eventually, or Old Him will Turbo Living Legend out. Uh, but yeah, we hit Poles and Izaloft instead. Does it affect the Old Him deck? Yes. Does it shave percentage points off? I think it's pretty minimal, to be honest. I don't think it's uh, like massive. I still think that Old Him will be a very good deck. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised to see a belittle ban as well, just because of how it affects the uh, core tense of the game, as they would say. Uh, but you know, belittle's not—it's uh, not in the ultimate deck, so it's maybe not oppressive. I do think that Fi is a very, very good deck um, <laughs> that is kind of being slept on, I guess, uh, and also belittle Fi because that really dunks on Icelander. And if it can beat old him, so if it has a strategy to build, beat a more defensive ultimate deck, I think it's going to be in a very, very good place. I think it is sort of the premier aggro deck of this format. Um, but ultimately, how do I feel about this class constructed ban? It's fine. Um, I think that they took a took some marginal advantage off the quote unquote best deck in the format. So yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the intention, and I think that's going to be the result. Uh, to be honest, as as of what they've done, um, I will say the pulse of Eisenhoff ban. The more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me. But also, the more I think it is quite a huge impact to Ultim. The more I think about. Just the way Oldham plays, the way you want to be able to play it. The, 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 the big, this big advantage that Oldham has in this format is that it can play its turn cycles aggressively or defensively and always be pretty strong to net or be positive in that turn cycle, which is really, really powerful. Like It's really hard to have a deck that can be net with another deck that you're playing against or over in a turn cycle, whether you're defensive or offensive, it generally has to be one way or the other, you know. Um, and that's Rune Blades, right? They can always, they can often, because of Rosetta Thorn, net positive a, a turn cycle. But on defense, you know, that's really difficult to do. So if they get in the back foot versus an aggro mirror or even Ultim that's playing pummels and fusing Okanolds, which of course now is harder to do, um, can be difficult. So I, I think 
this loss of of uh, pulse really does hit Oakenold. And even if you're playing the defensive version where you're less focused on maybe these fusing of Oakenolds, like you've just lost a card that gains you two plus life every game, which is a pretty big advantage in a format that's pretty tight right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two plus for sure because the ice react is so non-zero. Um, and that's just one yeah, cycle. I think, yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good card. Um, I just, yeah, it's... I, it's a hard, it's a hard puzzle to solve, Hayden, because I agree with you, and I think the classic constructed meta is uh, still evolving, right? And like you said, it's very regional based. Like I've seen, seen Icelander have a lot of success. I've also seen Icelander not have success. I've seen Fi have success, seen it not. But I think the overwhelming, the deck that has kind of had cross region um, yes. success is Old Him, right? You had Christian Hawk at German Nationals go twelve zero on it. I mean, it's a good deck. I mean six zero, but yeah. I thought it was 12 Well, he went 6-0 on Ultim and 6-0 in Limited. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Mixed format. That's one thing I do want to point out is we, we talk about these Nationals results, but it is important to remember that these are mixed format events, you know. Um, they're not just purely constructed, and it has to be, no matter how much you want to weight that impact, it is an impact, and it's a consideration, it's a factor, it's a variable that you need to, to take into account. Um, let's talk a little bit about, I guess, what happens with Ultim. So Ultim has been... Uh, from the national season, the winningest deck has had the most nationals wins. Um, where does Alton go in terms of now to worlds? Like, does the deck shift at all? Does the does it look different, or is it just a literal case of what Alice has been tried to do here? And it's just gonna it's gonna look the same for the most part. Maybe we'll see some innovation just because of the format anyway. Uh, but people will probably go about their business just with maybe a slightly less win rate than they had previously. Uh, yeah, I think the latter. I think the same for the most part. Hmm. I don't know. I'm interested to see. I just, like I said before, the more I think about it, I'm, the, the bigger I do think this this ban of, of, of pulses. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see like what the representation of, of Ultim now at Worlds. And I think that's only going to come from teams testing to see how big this impact is. Because a lot of teams could turn around and go, you know what, the impact is somewhat. But also, hey, look, we found this other thing that we think we could be doing in this perceived format, and Ultim is better than, you know, it was in, in the last format for whatever reason. Or, you know, it could be the opposite, and hey, you know, the pulse ban coupled with kind of the shifting format, Ultim is not where we want to be. So I, I could see Ultim swing from, you know, overwhelmingly be the most represented deck at Worlds to, you know, even being like the, the, the fourth, fifth, maybe not fifth, probably third or fourth most represented deck at, um, at Worlds pretty pretty easily, which is interesting. Um, I mean, it's so hard to say because we have, we have, a, we have, a, we obviously have the, da- the Dallas ballot ha- battle hard in this week in which the, um, I think, let me just make sure my dates are correct, but I think the bands will be live. Yeah, they will. They will be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For what it's worth. Uh, so we have some, we will have some tournaments in the interim to get data prior to worlds to kind of see how the CC format, uh, continues to shake out. I think it's going to be super important. Actually. I think, is this the last, no, we, there's one more battle hardened between, Worlds and this, I think, is that is that right? I'm not the guy to ask. I just got the Dallas one on my calendar. <laughs> Brennan's like, what events am I going to? Those are the ones I know about. I thought there was potentially one more battle hardened before. Um, I'm gonna look and then come back because I know there's there's January events that have already been announced, but I, I yeah, I'm not sure if there's. I think Minneapolis. I think this might be the last one before Worlds. Um, where so let's talk about this because we've we've talked about it, we've said it multiple times evolving meta so what's your kind of take on this idea of an evolving meta like a lot of people would say no it's it's an ultimate meta ultimate has been the dominant deck and then it's icelander look at u.s nationals and then fire has been in there but does fire really beat ultimate this debate rages on 
Mm-hmm. Is that not the format, Brennan? Like, what is this evolving format that you speak of? Well, I, I speak mean, of. Like, like you said, Viscerai is uh, seeing some results. I still think that Briar is probably a legit deck. We saw Dramaya see some results as well, although it started to fade a bit. And I think that it will fade in lieu of Phi coming, you know, showing up more in the format. Uh, but, you know, we had Reinar take down a freaking Nationals. And yeah, I think that, like, you can play most decks in this format and be, like, relatively competent. Where in the last format, if you brought the wrong deck, you would just get rolled every game pretty much. Um, like, I felt like it was very narrow here. It's like, yeah, if I bring Reinar, I might not be bringing the objectively most powerful deck in the room, but I can still take down a tournament. Yep. Sort of. Uh, look, we had Lexi win an event. Um, let's let's just look at the snapshot of the full season data because I think this is, uh, it's really interesting. Like, it kind of, I was a bit surprised when I looked at this just based on the narratives that I'm hearing and what people are saying and, and kind of the discourse that you hear about where the, the kind of meta is right now. And uh, a deck that doesn't get talked about very much, but let's just go through wins so first place ultim no surprise has um in the end 30 percent of the wins for the national season so you know it is it is by far and away the 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 winningest deck of this format and i think in terms of top eight representation as well it's it's uh narrowly the most represented deck in top eight but second when it comes to uh percentage of of wins is briar 22 percent of or 21 percent and in fact is had the most representation at these events. It was the number one most played deck at nationals in, in the meta game and the second most in terms of wins and the second most in terms of top eights as well. Yet seems to be a deck that's forgotten by a large chunk of the, the discourse that's happening through Twitter, through Discord, through you know this kind of discussion of like an ultimate format, an ice center format, a fire format. And yet here's Briar being at the end of national season, the deck that's or the hero that's put up the second highest number of wins in top eights. Yeah, and it's uh, still very, very powerful. I mean, not like honestly, not that much changed since like the Pro Tour, except like Old Him is now able to roam a bit more free. I'm like, is that enough to really just? I mean, obviously, Iceland as well. Iceland had a little auto loss into freaking Prism, but like, are those decks enough to keep down like the menace that was Briar? I mean, the format seems to think so. I myself slightly have my doubts well the results say otherwise right like this is the thing is that and we say this right never be not wanting to be results oriented that also goes for like i think ways to look at data as well right you need to understand the the background of the data but the the, let's let's talk about the events that that define i think the discourse around this metagame right now and and they they of course are the big events right it's u.s nationals it's new zealand nationals it's uh, i think german nationals of course is, is really interesting polish uh, Polish as well. These are the events that probably defi- UK because obviously people see the stream. Those are probably the, the five events. That's five, two, three ultims, a, a Canadian, sorry, as well. So six, six events there. So that's four ultims, a fire, and a briar. Right? Uh, I messed that up. Th- three ultim, an Icelander, a fire, and a briar. Right? And of course, US Nats gets the most kind of visibility. It has the full the coverage treatment, the SCG coverage treatment. Um, and that's kind of, I think, where the, the conversation happens, right? But then, you know, you go and look at the, the full data across all the events, including a lot of, like, you know, mid-sized events, and, um, you know, data says otherwise. Like, Icelander, just to... I'll keep going down the list, Brendan, just to, to give the, the kind of insight here. Icelander is not the third uh, sort of most represented or, or winning deck. Viserai is the deck that won the third highest number of, of nationals. It was 15% of the total win share. Uh, and then... Afterwards, it is Icelander, 
and then Fi after that. So those are the, the top five in the meta, um, but maybe in an order that people wouldn't have wouldn't have thought. And I just, just want to talk about representation because quite funny to me because this is a conversation we've had a few times about Prism and it just always seems to show up and another cheeky illusionist seems to just keep showing up. So Briar was the most played deck. Uh, Alton was the second most played deck at Nationals this season. Fi was the third most interesting uh, and then the fourth most was Dramai, Brendan. And then fifth was Viscerai. Yeah. And then sixth was Icelander. Illusionist just has a way of just converting. We'll say that. I mean... Lack thereof. <laughs> has a way of showing up. There was so much Dramai at US Nationals, I, I couldn't believe it. But um, that is kind of the snapshot of the meta. So I want to say from here, Brendan, like based on the data, maybe let's move away from just like the, the common discourse. Based on the data, like what do you actually expect to happen... This weekend at the Battle Harden and I guess over the next few weeks as we lead into the World Championships, like where does the meta move from here? Where does how do things shift? Yeah, so I think there's gonna be a lot of fi, to be honest, because like obviously this data is a bit more encompassing, but I've just seen the top eight sort of percentage, like the there's been a lot of fives in top eights and it seems to be more and more and more. Um, you saw this as Michael Fang progressed through both of these battle hardens. He posted the results and it seemed like, you know, in the first one there was like uh, three or four fives and then we got up to like, I think it was also like three or four fives. So there seems to be a lot of five running around. I also think that's a deck that people sort of resonate with coming out of that aggressive format. I have not seen, yeah, I, Briar obviously being played. We look at the data, but I just don't think that Briar is really going to show up surprisingly i still think it's a really good deck but i i think that five is going to sort of trump it as the go-to aggro deck at least in the mind of the people i don't know if that's true in terms of power level i think old is still going to be very 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 popular and if it is going to fade it's going to fade slowly so looking at the dallas bad hard i do think that there's going to be a significant amount of icelander a significant amount of old him but um if old him is not the most played deck i think the five will be the most played deck yep yeah i feel similarly i feel like the, the decks that are going to emerge as the especially in north america where we've got this battle hard and of course the calling and world championship let's not forget the calling of that weekend as well so that's a there's a massive event that's happening alongside world championship um ultim icelander fire like those are the, what i expect to see kind of because they kind of form this almost like i don't want to say triangle but like they're decks that are really interacting and vying and builds are really important so that the types of builds target those so like an ultim that wants to run into an icelander versus an ultim that wants to run into a fire can look very different and and uh, same for a um uh, a a fire i think as well you know a card like belittle really really important into icelander for those resource gains but how important is that card is it more about explosive turns and repetitive value of the phoenix flame against against ultim so um yeah gonna be super interesting to see any kind of what about like fringe players and stuff like any kind of surprises in these obviously Dramai being the fourth most played i think is quite surprising i think viscerai being the third uh deck in terms of win percentage is, is really interesting as well like where do you expect to see some of these fringe i mean is viscerai even fringe yeah. where do you expect to yeah. see them play out so viscerai all faithful for sure i think Dramai is just going to get bodied by Fi. um and it's got a bad matchup in the old him as well i think that has a good matchup into icelander but uh, I don't think that's the deck to be targeting right now. Uh, I think we could see, I think we could see, you know, more Briar come back. I think we could see more Dash. Um, I think that people are starting to fade off Dorinthia, realizing it that you know it's not the truth. It, it was just like he surprised people, but it's not a very good deck. Um, Reinar, I think that that's an option if you want to pick it. If you want to be contrarian and play that kind of deck, it's an option. But I don't think it's very good. And Lexi has the ability to come into the format. But if Old Him's the most popular deck, I don't know if Lexi's sort of the play there. Yeah, I can't see Lexi 
doing much in this format, unfortunately, not with uh, Icelander and uh, Ultim being so prevalent and then Dramai floating around the edges as well. I kind of agree. I think like Viserai is this deck that people see as a known quantity and know that it's consistent in their eyes and that it it can have... I was listening to uh, Michael Hamilton and, and Roger's podcast and I think Roger said, you know, it's just this deck that just I feel like I can win any game and it's got like a 40 to 50% matchup into everything and I think that's that's whether you look at it that way that's kind of what it is and it's like whether that's subconsciously that makes you pick that deck or you actually are thinking about that proactively um, I think that's a big reason that we, we see that deck continue to be to be played and um, I mean in terms of outperforming results Viscerae did the best <laughs> actually has the best performance in terms of outperforming its uh its its share so that's quite interesting of course you know you got to take into account where these you know the, the markets of these nationals and what the metagames look like but um very interesting dash is are you called out dash i think dash is a big call out we saw jacob bar in the top eight of uh u.s nationals with that control dash deck uh is that something that we see more if if ultim continues to be you know the deck to beat in this format um you know how does that go into iceland and fire for instance it seems really hard to pick a fringe deck that has a good matchup into two of the three decks. And that's where I think the issues are going to come. And that's why I think two of the three decks, you know, the three decks being Fire, Ultim, Icelanders, we continue to talk about. And that's why I think a lot of people are just going to gravitate towards one of those three decks because you can have a good matchup into one of them and a reasonable matchup in, into the other, I think, in some way, shape, or form. And if you pick one of these fringe decks, it's like, okay, I know that the three these three decks could be 50% of the meta. And if I have, like, not a good matchup into two of them, is that where you want to be? Like, that is a tough proposition, I think. Yeah. I also want to point out that I think that me and you, just the way that we approach the game, what we enjoy in the game, we sort of have a natural bias against decks like Viscerai. Um, it's just not the way that we tend to approach uh, playing competitive Flesh and Blood. We tend to gravitate towards decks that maybe have a bigger matchup spread in terms of win percentage and loss percentage, but maybe they can you know, gear towards the current meta and, you know, have a big advantage of the decks that will be represented, but sort of these old faithful decks. I know you are a big Viscerai player, but I think mentally we sort of shy away from them um, as soon as they kind of get into that 40 to 50 against everything range. Yeah, uh, that's a fair point. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but I definitely do only if for the fact that I want to try and predict a metagame and try and spike that metagame to some degree. I mean, I've played those decks before. I've played... I played Viscerai in Singapore. I played Briar at PT2, which I think kind of falls into that camp a little bit of, you know, having certain matchups. But that was more about the deck list and the reason for playing Briar. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I do look to find something that has, you know, I want to find the fringe deck that has two favorable matchups of the three decks we just talked about. Does it exist? So far in my testing, it's been no but and i've tried some stuff i've tried some stuff brennan but um yeah but like what is the well it's hard though because like what is quote unquote the meta like what are we exactly because we're evolving and it's we see quite a different spread region to region and it's going to be the world championships people from all over are coming so like what are we actually targeting i don't think that there's an answer quite yet yeah that's why i do think this full season data is a lot more important than the kind of discourse we're seeing because a lot of the discourse is focused around the North America and um, and some of the traditional countries like Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. I think so. It's important that we we don't lose sight of this this full season data because a lot of these players are going to be at the World Championships uh, come November fourth. The I guess the the last thing I do want to say on this um, as well. You talked about kind of you know meta spread and and what to expect um, as we head into this. Is just like how does 
how do you look at the metagame? Like, how does everyone approach this metagame as we go into it? Like, what is everyone's kind of viewpoints and thoughts? Like, are people just going to default to what they know and, and what they like to play? Um, if you're going to the calling, like, how do you how do you even predict the meta? Like, how quickly it is evolving? And the thing I want to point out is Talisha is showing us that things evolve quickly because people are getting access to at least some snapshot of some kind of meta, whether that's actually accurate or not, people are reacting to it. And I think that in my viewpoint, that's why we saw so much Dramai at US Nationals is that in people's opinion, they saw so much Ultim and they saw so much Icelander being played on Talishar. They felt Ultim could have a good matchup into that. They changed into into Dramai. Ultimately, results weren't there. And I think that is a, another story to go down, which is about reps, preparation and decklist. But I think that is honestly why we saw Jeremiah shift so much. And like, I think Briar was like the fifth or sixth, like the sixth most played deck. And I think nah. that comes from this like snapshot of what we see of like what the discourse is. People are just over Briar. Uh, like, I don't feel comfortable sort of speaking in depth about Briar quite yet because I don't like, I, like from our test and from like my experience, I don't see what changed to make that deck suck so much. Like right now, I saw people on. Twitter talk about like, oh, all the oldums are running hypothermia now. Mm. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So, like, yeah, maybe that's a thing. And maybe it, but is that like that deck is a freaking menace? Like, it is, it is a deck to contend with. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see if Briar comes back because the power is still there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Viserai, somewhere near that camp, consistency is still there. All right, Brendan, uh, any final thoughts on Banner Suspended Announcement? I mean, we did this last time, raised some some controversy. So, you know what? Let's do it again. Uh, if you were to give a grade to LSS on this Banner Suspended Announcement out of out of 10, uh, what are you giving them this time around, Brendan? Did we do 10 uh, last so time? Or did we do a... I don't we, we'll, we'll go out of 10. Know. I can't remember what we did last time. We'll go out of 10. So it's really hard for me because um, personally, uh, and I am biased, I, I am gutted by the Stormshire suspensions like... It, it really, it really hurts, and like it's the first time I feel like I've been emotionally affected by by a by a band decision. Uh, People are gonna light up the comments disagreeing with that one. Yeah, I mean, like I just I enjoy playing that class or that hero in Blitz, and um, yeah, that's just my thing. So let's just talk. I'll try to I'll try to approach it from if I if that wasn't my uh, my position, I would say out of ten, <clears throat> I'd probably give it. Like, it's so hard because I thought that there, you know, I would have been okay if there was no changes. So I'll probably give it like a six or a seven, to be honest. Um, like, I think shaking up Blitz is a good idea in like leading up to the world championship. Pulse Weisenloft does feel a little underwhelming, but maybe it's enough. Like, maybe there are decks that are so close behind that it is going to be enough to dethrone Oldham. Um, and if it is, I think that it's quite an eloquent ban. I just, I really don't want to trend, like, turbo trend back into the format that we had a PT2, which is a bunch of aggro decks that don't block, trying to see you can do the most damage to each other over, like, three to four turns. I think that that's not a good display of what Flesh and Blood is, um, and that's not where we were post-PT2. It felt healthy because of that, but, um, you know, if we do dethrone old him, the aggro decks come out in force, they're running Belittle, so they're stomping over Icelander as well, we could quickly find our way back there. Um, in which case, I would think that that, in my opinion, that would be a worse format. So I'll give this, I'll give this about a six or seven. Could have been a lot worse. I mean, definitely could not have been worse for Blitz. This is this is literally worst case scenario. Doomsday, get in your bunker for me. Like this is bad. We're starting to petition. Like I'll send it out on Twitter. Like it's bad. But <laughs> outside of that, uh, yeah, uh, I, I like. 
I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. Did you, did you see a protest while you're in France? I did not see a protest while I was in France. I saw one while I was in Prague, and it was about eighty thousand people one minute away from my apartment. Yeah, the Europeans know how to protest. I'll, I'll tell you what. So you can you can learn something from that, and you can go and uh, petition to LSS for your storm traders. When do we want it? Now? Why do we want it? Brendan Patrick says so. Uh, I'm gonna give. I, I like your point about the kind of not hitting back to PT2 meta. I agree. I don't, don't particularly like that meta. And I was, I don't want to see a bunch of aggro decks running into each other's face and not blocking. Um, but in saying that, like, I think the pulse ban and the, the reasoning behind it, I, I, I like, I get it. And I think it could make a lot of sense. I'm worried it actually might be too much to be honest. And, and no ban might've been better. So, but otherwise I really like the blitz bans. Like, as I said, I don't feel the same way you do about storm traders. I feel, you know, a little bit sad from a personal standpoint, but, but I get it. I'm a little bit, worried that maybe they could have done something else and had docked Icelander like you said so I'm gonna go like a seven and a half eight I mean like an eight just like a solid I think there's a couple things that could have been done differently but I think overall like this is gonna change the blitz format and I'm glad they didn't just go and ban a couple of things in class construct I think that could have ruined the format completely which is quite yeah. a I think they've used restraint there and used some some smart decisions so I'm gonna I'll, I'll yeah. give them an eight even how about that Brendan it's been a nice change of pace uh from PT2 to the current format and I think, yeah, I think if they had made some more brash decisions and put us back in a similar aggressive format, you know, Briar, no changes, Briar being the best deck again, and we're just doing the literal same thing we did PD2, would have been incredibly disappointing. So the fact that I don't think we are there, uh, consider me content. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. That's going to do it for episode 78. Yep, 78 of Arsenal Pass, uh, our sort of breakdown of the Spanish spend announcement um last thing i want to say is no google review this week brendan uh, if you do want to get your google review in, and and we really appreciate it these reviews help us out uh you can go to rate this podcast.com forward slash arsenal pass let us know what you you like about what we're doing or uh flame us for our banner suspended announcement but still just give us five stars because you know that's that's helpful uh, <laughs> it does help us get out there to other people potential listeners uh we are a Approaching, we're getting close to 5,000 subs on YouTube, Brendan. So if you are listening to this on audio or even you are watching the YouTube and you aren't currently subscribed to Arsenal Plus, please do so. It does help us out. Um, we're very close to 5,000 subs now. If you want to catch us on Twitter, you can do so. Be an underscore Dale, Brendan APG. Uh, by the time this comes out, it's too late, but Brendan is doing a Twitter spaces or twitter live tonight with Tarek patel i believe so uh, if you do hear this and want to go back and listen to it i think it'll it should be accessible on twitter if you go to like Tarek's mm -hmm. page you should be able to see it talking about this banner spin announcement in more depth with a different perspective that isn't just you know some welcome fresh boomers in the form of me and brendan i think yuki's going to be on there as well so uh always popular and always always good to hear what yuki has to say um i think that's going to do it for this week's pod brendan anything else to say before we sign off that's it um very excited for the world championships. I mean, it's going to be a, a heck of a month leading up to that. Going to have our eyes glued to the data, see if the CC metal, the CC meta finally settles and we can sort of try to predict the meta and pick our decks for the world championships. Obviously I will be on the casting side, but I think right now uh, we're leading up to a potentially incredible event, right? We have a lot of narratives behind players going into it. Things like Michael Hamilton, Pablo Pintor, everybody else as well. Um, and then we also have this sort of, undefined meta so it's a very exciting time to be playing flesh and blood and to be competing and um yeah I'm, I'm just really excited to be a part of it yep best of luck this weekend in battle hard in dallas brendan i'll be looking for you on uh, some sort of coverage whether it just be twitter coverage i'm excited to see what this meta looks like brendan make sure you get a snapshot for us and you can tell us all about it next week on the pod but for this week that's it see you next time thanks everybody